KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. This is Slickery Trigger for Rebel Road Tactical. With proper care and feeding, your pistol will be ready when you need it. There to save your life. Shouldn't your gear be that good? Whether you need a holster for comfortable, everyday carry or a tough-as-nails holster for your next training course, Rebel Road Tactical has what you need. Check us out on the web at rebelroadtactical.com. All writers are prone to becoming so attached to our characters and stories that we struggle to see why a passage may not be working. It takes another set of eyes to help us nurture our writing to full maturity. At Black Wolf Editorial Services, we strive to enable writers to develop and grow, shaping stories into masterpieces that can stand the test of time. Editing services are provided for all genres and all age categories. Services range from the critique of the short story through to line edits on full-length novels. We also offer assistance on generating writer's bios for your websites. We won't abandon you to the masses. We want to celebrate with you and your successes. Black Wolf Editorial Services, nurturing your writing into maturity. For a full list of services and prices, visit us at blackwolfeditorial.com. I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I can tell you that payroll is a four-letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving. But my accountant's too expensive, and I'm not sure who to call. But I know I need help. We're Paychecks, and we take all the hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy. Call, fax, or give us your payroll information securely online, and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money that we'll give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877-757-2782. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychex right now. 877-757-2782. That's 877-757-2782. Because of Shriners High School for Children, I can play basketball. I can climb stairs. I can write my name. At Shriners Hospitals for Children, love is caring for a child, regardless of the family's ability to pay. If you know a child we can help, visit ShrinersHospitalsForChildren.org. You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. us is an amazing place filled with beauty and with science. But let's face it, 
Sometimes science can be so confusing that it takes a PhD to understand it. Well, you're in luck. I just happen to have a PhD. Come and take a seat. Perhaps I can explain the world around us in a way we all can understand. Welcome to Conversations in Science. I'm Dr. Judy L. Moore. Call me Doc. Happy New Year, guys, and welcome to our first Conversations in Science for 2017. I am Dr. Judy Elmore, and as my intro said, I do have a PhD. In our Christmas special, I got a little bit loopy, and let's face it, my producer, Jesse Sanders, accused me of drinking too much eggnog. No, I wasn't drinking eggnog. I was just getting all into the season. But I thought, why not just carry on with some of that little topic? And let's just carry on with some of the interesting things revolving around magnetism, the poles, and some of the craziness that goes on with it. How are you doing, Jess? Not bad, Doc. Not bad. Yeah, I was wondering with that Christmas special, if you were hitting the Christmas eggnog right before we went on the air. I wasn't too crazy. No, I didn't go too much. But we were talking about the magnets and how the North Pole was really a magnetic South Pole. And in reality, that is the situation. Let's just take this right back to the beginning and let's just start right from where we really should be starting. It, there is a naming convention involved. The sun rises in the east and sets in the west. And of course, east and west come from genetic terms, meaning dawn and evening makes perfect sense to call them what we've got them. Of course, the word south comes from a word that means the domain of the sun. And considering most of the cultures that we stem from, the Western society, tends to be a northern hemisphere origin, calling something south makes perfect sense because, of course, the sun travels in the south in the northern hemisphere. For me, it travels in the north, but I'm in the southern hemisphere. And of course, the word north originates from a word that says behind the sun. It's a naming convention. And of course, the north pole of any magnet is the section of the pole or the section of the magnet that's actually pointing towards the north. Naming conventions? Understood? I think Nothing I'm too confusing with you about so them? far. I think you got me so far, Doc. And That's I will good. say, okay. this makes more sense than the eggnog special. <laughs> well, if you have two magnets in your hand, and I'm thinking bar magnets here, okay? If you try to push the two North Poles together, they won't. They won't go. They want to repel each other. But if you flip one magnet around, suddenly the North Pole and the South Pole of the other magnet want to go clink and they attract. So if you think about it, if the magnet, if the North Pole of a magnet is wanting to point towards what we call the North Pole, well then doesn't it make sense that it's actually a South magnetic pole? In a way that does Ever. make some strange amount of sense, Doc. But There is actually some other evidence about it as well. Wait a minute. Within this history... Within our recent history, we're actually able to send out, of course, our um, satellites and we take a look at what the magnetic fields around the Earth are doing. It's actually quite an important thing for us to understand 
what's happening with our magnetic fields around the earth because it's because of our magnetic field that we are protected from the sun's radiation very important thing yeah that is kind of important there doc kind of important kind of really important to understand so we actually know by looking at the tests and the measurements that we have done on the earth's magnetic field that the directions of the fields around the earth are going from the south to the north okay so there's real scientific you, study on this it's not just you making some guesses about some magnets it's not just me making some guesses about some magnets there really is some scientific reasoning behind this okay we have so we're going, our magnetic fields are going from north to south. Now, we also know when we start talking about true north versus magnetic north, and anybody who has ever worked with a compass, whether you're doing aviation or tramping or, you know, the hiking sort of things, it doesn't matter. If you've ever worked with a compass, then you know, or you should at least know, that there is a difference between true north and magnetic north. There's could, depending on where you are on the planet, there could be several degrees difference between them. And that can be huge. It can be very huge and it can put you in the completely the wrong direction. When I was a scout leader, it was actually an important thing that we had in our scout award scheme. So we were teaching 11 year olds to understand this concept because when you're looking at a map, if you have got your directions pointing in the wrong direction, then you're going to find yourself somewhere where it's not on the map and you're going to find yourself lost in the middle of the bush that for an airplane. That doesn't sound fun. Yeah. No. And for an airplane, if you have that miscalculation between true North and magnetic North all screwed up a little bit, then you're going to find yourself lost over the middle of the ocean. And maybe that's what happens in the Bermuda triangle. Why some we've lost so many planes. So we're looking at, we understand these magnetic fields are going different. We also know because of various different things that we have with these measurements, we know that magnetic north is moving. It's not static. Wait a minute, It is Doc. calculable. Yes. It's moving. How fast? It is definitely moving. How often? And when's it going to stop moving or is it never going to stop? Okay. This is the thing. The earth is basically crust on a melted iron core. So we are going to continue to rotate and continue to move. Our magnetic fields are going to continue to wobble around. And here's the thing that's actually a little bit concerning in some respects. There is scientific evidence that the magnetic fields of earth have actually flipped. Now we've gone through and we've seen that we've got our magnetic fields are currently going from north to south, but we only have to look back in history about 10,000 years. That's kind of a ways back, Doc. I don't think I was alive back then. No, but human beings were, which is promising. But if we go back 10,000 years or thereabouts, the magnetic fields or at least the evidence points to it, that the magnetic fields actually went from north to south. They were the other way around. Most people wouldn't worry about this, 
But it is something that we have to think about because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when it flips again. And the measurements that we are taking takes a long, long time to flip. It takes in the order of a thousand years for it to flip. And according to the measurements that we're taking, we're in the middle of the flip now. Okay. It's a bit freaky when you think about it. Through the Earth's magnetic flip-flop. It is actually this whole idea behind the Earth magnetic fields flipping is actually some of the birth ideas behind the doomsday things that happened when we hit the 2000 mark and when we hit 2012. So when we start talking about the Mayan calendar coming to an end in 2012 and all these other bits and pieces, it's actually all linked to the same thing. Is the world going to come to an end? No. I'm sorry, but no. The world is not going to come to an end. When the flip finally happens, we'll survive. Okay, we might have a little bit more solar radiation coming into our planet sphere than what we normally do. But human beings have been around. Granted, it was Neanderthal man, but we were still there. (laughs) We were still on the planet. So we know from human physiology and we know from various different animals that we as a race will survive. Will our electronics survive? That's an entirely different question. I have no idea whether that's going to be the case. Uh, yeah, that could, <clears throat> a whole society suddenly without their get the, the gadget dependent society suddenly without their gadgets. Ooh, is. It could be definitely fun. But when will this flip happen? When will it finally happen? I don't know. No one can actually specify exactly when it's going to happen. The measurements that we are taking are in the order they estimate that it takes about a thousand years for the flip to occur. We could very easily be at the start of that just as easily as in the middle of it. Are we at the end of it? Probably not. We probably still have another 400 to 500 years before the flip properly happens. So if we haven't developed enough technology within the span of 400 to 500 years for us to get off the planet, Yeah, sorry. We really don't deserve the intelligence that maybe we have if we haven't actually achieved that within 400 to 500 years. Okay. So, I'm not totally crazy. (laughs) No, and I I don't think you're drinking too much eggnog. I think you still had a little (laughs) bit in you. Either that or you had a large dose of Christmas spirit. (laughs) Now let's come back to true north, okay? Now we, how we define true north is actually based on the stars. And this is the fun thing. We know that the earth spins on a rotated axis. We are not 100% perpendicular to the plane that is moving around the sun. If we were, then those at the equator would always see the sun directly overhead. And they don't. They see it go through a slight angle shift. Have you ever gone through and seen those photographs that people have taken of star trails, the long exposure images? Yeah. You know, you've got me looking at the NASA website now and again. <laughs> you notice how in some images, 
the star trails create this circular pattern? Yeah, I've seen that, Doc. Okay. Those star trails are because those stars that you have taken the long exposure images of are orbiting what we call the celestial pole. Okay. That celestial pole is dab smack directly above the geographical pole. So if I was standing at the North Pole, what we know as the North Pole geographically, and I was to look straight up for a very long time and hopefully not freeze to death while I'm doing it, I would actually see the stars going around in a circle directly above my head. That could be a really cool sight to see, Doc. <laughs> it would be a really awesome thing to see. But I'd rather send a drone with a camera so I can stay nice and warm. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you. <laughs> right. So if I just go through and just give you a little bit of a quick terminology definitions here. If I was to point directly above my head, that is what astronomers and scientists call the zenith. If I was to draw an imaginary line that goes from the geographical north to the geographical south. Now, notice I've gone through and said geographical, not magnetic because the magnetic one keeps moving. If I was to move you know, that line to go from geographical north to geographical south, and I was to draw that line going through the zenith, so that's the point directly above my head, that's called the meridian. Okay. Now those terms are wait actually important. Are we talking okay. about the zenith from the pole to pole, or are you still standing at the very center of the North Pole? It doesn't matter where you're standing, okay? Any line that goes from north to south and goes through your zenith, and your zenith is literally if you stand and point directly up, up at the sky or up at the air, that zenith calculation, that's known as a meridian. Okay. Okay. So we're going from the meridian and we're talking about the zenith. And th these things are important because, believe it or not, that's how we define stellar positions we're talking about so where a person is standing helps define positions of stars in the space in in the sky yes it does now have you ever heard of the term right ascension and declination i've heard of right ascension but not declination doc right okay. ascension i declination. think has something to do with your favorite topic stars <laughs> We are indeed, and we're still talking about poles while we're doing this. Okay, so declination, if you have a zero declination if your stars are on the equator. So if I was to point, so I'm standing, we're talking about our geographical locations. I'm at zero degrees, and I'm pointing directly up at the zenith. If a star is going to go right overhead, at my zenith and I'm at the equator, then it's at zero declination. Okay. Okay. Now I'm at 44 degrees south because I'm in Christchurch, New Zealand. So anything that is going to go directly over my head at zenith is at a declination of 44 degrees south. Okay. And so whatever zenith the U.S. is, you know, we'll say Virginia or Washington, D.C., that would be close to my declination. Exactly. Okay. okay. Now, right ascension, basically what right ascension does is it says, 
when is it going to cross my meridian? And that's all based on UT or universal time, which is associated with Greenwich Mean Time. Are universal so time and Greenwich Mean Time the same, Doc? Yes, they are. There's a slight difference because of daylight savings, but they're pretty much the same thing. Okay. I had had a discussion with somebody that was trying to tell me they were different, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Greenwich Mean Time does have some daylight savings into the calculation. Universal Time doesn't. Universal Time is 100% 24-hour clock, and it just keeps going. No, no, no. They were trying to tell me there were, like, many, many, many hours difference. Like, more than 12? No, that doesn't sound right. That's what I said, that Doc. Doesn't, That's that doesn't sound what right. I said. No, that doesn't sound right. Carrying right along. <laughs> So your right ascension of a star will tell you when it's going to cross your meridian. Now, remember I said the meridian is the line that goes from north to south that goes directly through your zenith, okay? So if your star that you're looking at has got a right ascension of, say, three hours and 40 seconds, well, then at a universal time of three hours and 40 seconds, that star will go directly overhead. That's right ascension. It's nice and easy to actually understand. We have to do some other calculations and we have to shift things around and there's some other funky times called sidereal time and all these wonderful other things. But to understand right ascension and declination, when you understand the celestial poles, that's not too hard to understand. No, now. you're beginning to make sense, Doc. You're beginning to, I'm beginning to get you. So when I'm talking about poles... You have to always go through and specify, are we talking about the magnetic pole? Which the magnetic pole, we have to understand, moves. It's not where we expect it to always be. And again, we also have to understand that magnetically, the Earth's North Pole is actually a South Pole, not a North Pole. And I'm not drunk on eggnog. That is scientifically proven. And then, of course, you have your true north and your true south, so your true geographical poles. And that's really defined by the place on the planet where the stars are going around and around and around in circles directly overhead. Not somewhere on the horizon, but directly, over, directly overhead. And then, of course, you have your celestial poles. And that's the pole that the stars are just rotating around. Makes it relatively, relatively easy to understand. All right, I think I'm starting to get get what you're saying here, Doc. Okay, last thing that I want to point out. You can actually navigate by the stars. If you ever get lost at night and if you've got a clear sky, you can generally work out which way to head. For those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, you've got your North Star, also known as Polaris. It's not 100% on the geographical North Pole or at the celestial pole of North, it does orbit around. It does move. It's a slightly off. It's pretty much at North. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you can actually use the Southern Cross to help you navigate and find South. The Southern Cross, also known as Crucis, is, it looks like a kite. Let's put it blunt. You've got four little stars that are in a funky diamond shape. And then, of course, you have two really bright stars just off the edge of it. It's Alpha Centauri and Beta Centauri. They're really, really bright stars. Really bright stars. And within New Zealand, 
we tend to call them the pointers because they point to the Southern Cross. And the way you find south from the Southern Cross is draw a line through the pointers, through the Southern Cross, draw another line that goes from the top star in the Southern Cross through the bottom star in the Southern Cross. And it forms like a triangle. And then you want to imagine another line that is going directly in between those two lines. And that line, if you extend it down to the horizon, is south. It's relatively fun. And it doesn't matter which angle the Southern Cross happens to be pointing at. You can still use it to find south. Okay. Nice and fun. Now, Doc, I got to admit something here, and I'm probably going to get myself in trouble. I've never been able to figure out which star is the North Star. It's the brightest one in Usa Major. Yeah, well, I actually picked out something I thought was the North Star one night. Turns out that was a planet that was unusually close to the Earth that night. Just my luck, Doc. Just my luck. <laughs> okay. Look for the big pot. The big dipper. Can't pick that out either, Doc. Sorry. Oh, Jess, 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 honestly, Jess. Right, you look for the Big Dipper, guys, and it is the brightest star that's sitting there. However, it may be sitting on your nose, because I distinctly remember growing up that there was an ad about some sort of zit cream that said, the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper, the North Star, and it was a it right on the tip of the nose so you might find it that way but hey <laughs> okay doc now one of these days i have a feeling when you and i finally get together in the same hemisphere i'm going to be drug out in the middle of nowhere with a telescope one night for a lesson in stars <laughs> well saying that those who have actually ever been um scouts while well, i was a scout leader that's what we would always do in the middle of the night while the younger scouts were going to bed. I would take the senior scouts out and we would actually be going stargazing. And I would point out things like the Milky Way. I would point out Scorpius because you can see in New Zealand, you can actually see where the center of the galaxy actually is. I would point out some of the galaxies that are there that we have which is the Magicalinic Clouds. And, of course, I would point out some of the other bits and pieces and, of course, make sure that they all knew how to find south using the Southern Cross. So it was always fun. Meanwhile, unless you have any other questions about the various different poles that we have on Earth, I'm thinking that might be the end of this episode. Well, Doc, I'm still not sure anyone's ever going to find Santa's workshop, but... I think I, I think I understood a little bit more about what you were getting at this time. <laughs> and you understand that I wasn't crazy. No. I might have been happy, but I wasn't crazy. You definitely had a dose, a big dose of Christmas spirit. <laughs> now, I also had a big dose of New Year's spirit. Did you see that video I made? Yes. That was fun. In fact, you convinced me to try it too, Doc. <laughs> right. I am putting up on my website a, a cheat sheet on how you can turn your cell phone or your tablet 
into a holographic projector. It's something that you can do with your kids and it is so much fun. All you need is blank CD cases. So we're talking the clear plastic CD case, a bit of tape, a box cutter, or something that you can easily cut the plastic with, a ruler, and of course, either a cell phone or a tablet. It was so much fun. Doc, I tried both. My tablet worked better. And a dark room's kind of fun too. Yeah, my tablet worked a lot better too. And there are programs that you can get that will actually go through and take any video that you've got and turn it into something that you can use as a hologram. So it was so much fun. I think the dark room (laughs) made it even better. (laughs) Yeah. So unless you have any other questions, I think we're going to close this episode. I do have one more question, Doc. Just one. You're going to be okay. kept coming up with more crazy videos like like your hologram one? Uh, yep. I just have to think of what I'm going to be doing. I heard a rumor about something about chocolate and the speed of light. Oh, now you're giving it all away. No, no, no. You're giving it away. Yes, that's one's coming up, but shh. Okay. I won't Wait. tell. <laughs> we'll have fun. <laughs> oh, don't we always duck? Okay, Jess. Let's roll that end. It's time to bring this episode to a close. Well, that brings us to an end of another Conversations in Science. If you have any questions about science and about some of the world around us, feel free to drop me a line. I'm on Twitter, and you can find me at Judy L. Moore. Or you can look me up on Facebook, Judy L. Moore. Or you can drop me a line on my personal website, JudyLmore.com. I think you're seeing the pattern here. Then, of course, if you are interested in some of the other projects I do, which is the writing and editing, feel free to check me out on blackwolfeditorial.com. But then, of course, don't forget, if you are wanting more information about the science, you can also contact us at the station with the email of science at klrnradio.com. Then, of course, there's my cohort that keeps going through and popping up. You mean me, Doc? Well, for anybody who wants to track me down... You can find me on Twitter at Jesse's POV. And you can also drop me a line at the station at Jesse's POV at KLRNRadio.com. Bye, guys. Bye.